Hey, it's uh, such an honor to be here with you all this morning, and uh, this is our third service. We did one last night and then one earlier this morning, and now this is number three, so I'm just, I'm just jacked up. I'm just like, I'm going to try to preach as quick as I can so we can get to the ministry time, okay? Um, but uh, first, before we do that, I'd love to honor Pastor J.O. and Pastor Ray Dean. Uh, you guys seriously have amazing pastors, and, um, and it's, just, it's so amazing to to see pastors that love their people so well and, and have such a heart for missions that they would invest finances and time and, uh, and Sunday services to equipping people and to releasing people into the nations. And so can we just give uh, Pastor J.O. and Radian a round of applause. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good day to be alive. And as Pastor Seth said, uh, I'm from South Africa, I was born there, immigrated to Australia when I was four with my family, grew up there, um, and then moved back to South Africa for two years doing ministry work there and missions work. Uh, saw the wildest things take place, saw thousands of people get saved, saw uh, hundreds and hundreds of people get healed from different ailments and diseases and cancer and arthritis, scoliosis and blind eyes, deaf ears, like the full, the full shebang. And, um, and then we saw a whole bunch of people set free from the demonic as well. Um, over 500 people was like we were recording this stuff, and it was it was amazing. Then I went back to Australia, uh, got bored out of my brains because I was driving a bus for school kids, and um, it was just like everything was locked down because of COVID. I was like, I got to get out of here. And so my friend Jason McQuinn, who's the owner of Bearport Youth Camp, uh, said, Why don't you come over here? And then went over, came over on a tourist visa for three months, and just hung out, preached the gospel, healed the sick, cast out demons, saw God move. Uh, then I couldn't get back to Australia because of the COVID restrictions and Australia was being super, uh, super restrictive and wasn't like there were hardly any flights. Uh, and so I went to Cancun, Mexico for a month. I know the struggle is real, right? <laughs> and um, so I had to suffer real bad for the gospel there. And um, I had the time of my life actually and made awesome friends there. And, and we saw God move and there's so many people getting healed. It was just, it was crazy. It was just like, it was just, it was just popping it's all the time. People getting healed. Um, and then went back to Australia for a month and a half, got my work visa here to come work at Bearpaw Youth Camp. Um, and so I'm busy working there at the moment as Pastor Th Seth said. Sure. Seth said. It's like one of those New York, New Yeek, New Neek. Praise God. Um, so... Uh, working there and then uh, just took over the role of Director of Hope for Nations, which is a missions organization. And, and we, we want to go preach the gospel, heal the sick and cast out demons. And it's like, what do you do for a job? Preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons. Let's go. Um, and so going to be stepping into that into a full-time capacity next year when I finish with Bearpaw. Um, and then going to be just running wild with that. So I'm really excited for what God is doing. And, and I'm excited for for this service and what God wants to speak uh, in this service, um, is just, it's going to be good. If you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Matthew chapter 6. They don't have it on the screens, unfortunately, uh, but we can just go old school. So pull out your phones, pull out your Bible. <laughs> Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Jesus is teaching his disciples. They come to him and they say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And Jesus says this. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time that we have together. And, and I just thank you just for a stirring in the hearts of your people this morning, God, that, that our eyes would be opened to the reality of the gospel and open to the reality of the kingdom, which is coming. And it's not coming gently, but it's coming violently, God. I thank you, Jesus, for the reality. Lord, I thank you that when you came 2,000 years ago, that you brought your kingdom and it is growing and it is increasing because you say in Isaiah that of the increase of your kingdom and your government, there will be no end. So God, we thank you that we get to pick up with the last generation left off, God. Let us steward the revival well. Let us steward the expanse and the uh, advancing of your kingdom so well, Jesus. Just keep your eyes closed. Can you imagine what heaven would look like? Just keep your eyes closed for a moment. Just, just to begin to imagine what heaven would look like. I'm sure you're imagining like gold streets and beautiful trees and sun and it's awesome and there's like massive golden city. And it's just, just imagine now what heaven would smell like. What does heaven smell like? Just the fragrance and the aromas and the goodness. And just imagine now, what, what would it sound like? The, the choirs of the saints and the angels singing and worshiping before the throne of God. What does it feel like? What does it taste like? Just begin to imagine what heaven would look like. Imagine what that experience would look like. And you can open your eyes now. But, and I'm certain that when you were imagining that, you weren't imagining garbage on the street. You weren't imagining uh, people being snarky and, and yelling at people and, and hating on people. I can, uh, I, I'm confident that you weren't imagining people who are ripping people off or cheating people or uh, stealing money or being greedy or being prideful or uh, being lustful or uh, doing bad things, murdering people, raping people. I can, I'm certain that when you are imagining what heaven was looking like and the experience of it, that those things didn't come to mind. And the Word of God actually teaches us that those things are not part of what heaven is. Those things aren't allowed into heaven. Those things do not exist in heaven. And Jesus tells us in this prayer, He says, pray that the reality of earth would become the reality of heaven. Jesus teaches His people to pray that the reality of heaven would become the reality of this earth. He says to pray that heaven would invade earth, that the will of the Father would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this isn't some kind of prayer that we just pray in our closet and we're like, oh, Jesus, like some wishful thinking. It's not a good idea. It's not a vague philosophy or distant idea of like one day in the future. No, it's a present reality that we can walk in and that we're called to usher in today. We are called to release the power and the reality of heaven in our world. We're called to do this. When I was in Mexico, I, uh, I was on a mission to pray for every single person I could that had COVID. I was just really upset because COVID's been messing everything up. Well, the response to COVID has been messing everything up. And so, and I was just like, ah, we gotta, we gotta, I'm going after this thing. We're going to pray for everyone. So I'm, we, uh, I get this opportunity to pray for this old gentleman and uh, we arrive at his house and the, there's a nurse there and his wife's there and he's like, in a bad way, he's just like, <laughs> yeah, like, 
This is it's not good. And so we're like, cool, let's pray. And so I pray for him. I'm like, in the name of Jesus, COVID, you have to leave right now. And I ask him, how are you feeling? And he tells me, he's like, I feel heat come down my back. I'm like, cool, God's moving. Let's pray again. So we pray again. And then I ask him again, how are you feeling? And he says, I can breathe again because he hadn't been able to breathe properly for months. I was like, come on. And how are you feeling? He's like, I feel like there's still some stuff there. And so we pray a third time. And I ask him, how are you feeling? And he says, it felt like something was scraping the mucus off of my lungs. I was like, this is amazing. God's moving. God healed him from COVID. And then we prayed for his wife because she had some weird blood condition. And then when we tested her, because there was a nurse there and they put a little thing on her finger, they tested her and her blood was completely normal. So now she doesn't need oxygen. And then we turned to the nurse and we're like, well, we're here now. Do you need prayer for anything? We're on a roll, two for two. And so she's like, yeah, I've got a bad back. And so we, we laid hands on her and we prayed for her back and her back was completely healed. You see, there's no sickness in heaven. There's no anxiety in heaven. There's no depression in heaven. There's no suicidal ideation in heaven. There's no dysfunction in heaven. So my only reasonable response as a follower of Jesus is to cast those things out. My only reasonable response is to wage an all-out war against the kingdom of darkness and against these things which are not in heaven. Because if it's not in line with the will of God, it shouldn't be so. And we are called, oh, I'm going to get there soon. Uh, Jesus says uh, in Matthew chapter 9, you can turn there if you want, or you can just listen to me read it. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38. Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, catches healing every disease and every affliction. Every person Jesus prayed for was healed. Every person Jesus prayed for was set free. Let me tell you this, that Jesus is not the exemption. He is the example. He's not the exception, sorry. He is the example. Because we're called a Christian, right? And Christian means little Christ, like little follower of Jesus, right? And so we're meant to be like Jesus, right? Because we're made in the image of God, right? And so we're meant to be like Jesus. So this should be a reality. I promise you I'm not there yet, but I'm getting very close to like almost ever. Not there yet, but hey, you've got to go for it. The only way you're going to see sick people healed is if you pray for sick people. The only way you're going to see demons come out of people is if you pray for people who have demons. The only way you're going to see the dead raised is if you pray for dead people. A little bit quieter then. Hey, but we've got to go. I've never seen someone raised from the dead yet. But we're going to get there, guys. Come on. So he carries on. Healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, for they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, catch this, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus tells us to pray for laborers, which means because the harvest is ready. Did you know that there are approximately 2 billion people still unreached for the gospel? There's still approximately 2 billion people unreached for the gospel. So we cannot ever say to ourselves, the work's done. Ah, they don't need me. Ah, you know, someone else can do it. No, 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 no. You need to step up to the plate. 
Because there are people in your work, there are people that, or there is a calling of God on your life that is going to reach people that I can't reach, that Pastor J.O. and Pastor Radine can't reach. There are people in your world and in your sphere of influence that only you can reach. And I can't do it. That's why we need you. That's why we need you to step up to the plate. That's why Jesus said, go. He gave us the great commission. He said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons, baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. He told us to go, so we don't need to wait anymore. I had a, a friend in Australia when we were doing youth ministry. He came into our youth ministry and it was like super socially awkward. <laughs> Who's socially awkward here? He was super socially awkward. He would hide under tables and he would hide under boxes because he was like really scared of people. And then uh, the guys in the youth ministry started discipling him and started teaching him and, and showing him how to live like Jesus. And, and he started coming out of his shell a bit. And then we, he started learning how to pray for the sick and, and how to walk in the power of God. And one day he's sitting in a math class. Math class. And he gets a word of knowledge that there's someone there that has a sore ankle. And so in the middle of math class, he puts his hand up and the teacher's like, yes. And he's like, uh, this might be a bit strange, but is there someone here who has a sore ankle in math class? And there's a bit of silence in the room for a short while. And, and then eventually the teacher's like, I've got a sore ankle. Do I pray for my ankle? And he's like, sure. So he goes and prays for the teacher's ankle and he tests it out and there's no more pain. So the teacher's ankle gets completely healed. And then another student's like, I've also got a sore ankle. Can you pray for my ankle? <laughs> and they prays for that person's ankle and they also get healed. And then a third one was like, me as well. <laughs> and then a third person gets healed. And then the class finishes and then uh, another person comes to him and is like, hey, I was just a bit nervous, but can you pray for my ankle as well? <laughs> so he prays for their ankle and they also get healed. And then word started spreading like wildfire around the school and people started bringing him ankles and like another two people got brought to him who had sore ankles. <laughs> And he was just going for it. See, the gospel is ready to be preached any place, any time. The power of God is ready to be released through you anytime, any place. There's no place that's off limits. There's no time that's off limits. If we want to be used by God, we need to be ready to be inconvenienced. And if the gospel that you believe has never inconvenienced your life, I question the gospel you believe. What gospel do you believe? Because it says that those who are born of the Spirit will be led by the Spirit and that the Spirit will go wherever He pleases. If you want to live an adventurous life, you want to have a fun life, be obedient to God. If you think Christianity is boring, you're doing it wrong. Go see your pastors and they'll teach you how to do it right. You see, He's given us everything we need. We can't be like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not equipped enough. I don't have what I need. He's given us everything He need on Pentecost. He told his disciples to wait. They're the only ones that got told to wait. All of us, we're, we're good to go. Because he said, wait until you're baptized, until you're endowed with power from on high, and then go into all the world and be effective witnesses for Jesus, for me. James chapter 5, verse 16 to 18, it says this. The prayer of a righteous person has great power in its working. There's more to it. It talks about Elijah, how he prayed and, and didn't rain for three and a half years. And then he prayed again and then it started raining. And it says that a righteous person has great power when they pray. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says this. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. 
We literally have resurrection power coursing through our veins, living inside of us, the power of God, the presence of God, the God, the God of the universe, God Himself living inside of us. So how can we ever think to ourselves, oh, I can't do that? How can we ever think to ourselves, oh, that won't work like this or won't happen like that? How can we ever think to ourselves, oh, maybe some other time? No, you have God living inside of you. We have the power of the Holy Ghost living inside of us that enables us to preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons, to see the kingdom of God advanced in this world. And I love this, that that Paul, he says, I've not come to preach to you with wise and persuasive words, but I've come to you with a demonstration of his power and his spirit. So right now, is there anyone here who has pain or sickness in your body and you can like feel the pain? Right now, just put your hand up. Who's there? Can I get this gentleman? Can you come up? Is that fine? You, you can feel the pain right now? Oh, praise God. Do you need help coming up? It ain't that bad. What, 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 what's your name? Uh, Daniel Davis. Daniel Davis, you're awesome. Where is the pain? Can you tell us? If, unless lower it's left back. Lower left back. Can I put my hand there? Yeah. Cool. So, this, Father, we just thank you for Daniel Davis right now. Lower back pain, loose right now in the name of Jesus. Pain, go right now in Jesus' name. Can you just test that out for us, Daniel Davis? Can you do some jumping jacks? Or? Yeah, well, let's test it out. Is, is the pain still there? It's mild. It's mild? It's mild. Has, has it shifted or is it the same? If it's the same, you can tell me. It's hard to tell because it likes to hide. Okay. You know? Some people are like, yes, I'm all better. And then they're like, <laughs> I'm like it's okay. Just, just, tell, just tell me the truth, guys. It's okay. So, it, so you can, does it feel any different? You know, it does probably just from hopping up on stage, you know? <laughs> Does it feel like, worse or better? No, it feels, it feels a little better. Okay, I'm not can, we, lie. can we pray again? All day long. Okay, we won't pray all day, maybe all day after long. the service. Okay, Father, we just thank you right now. In the name of Jesus, back be loosed. I thank you, Holy Ghost, right now. The blood of Jesus that covers this back. Healing come right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. How's that feel now? Want to dance? Huh? Want to dance? What? You want to dance? It's filming. Oh, good. do I want to dance? It's filming good. You are more than welcome to dance. That's what I'm saying. Can do a little Irish jig. When, thing, when things hurt, you don't want to move them, right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah. can you test it out? It's a little tender, but. A little tender? A little tender. Can we pray one more time? Let's do it. Okay. Father, we thank you for what you're doing right now in the name of Jesus. Back, be completely healed. All tightness, leave right now. Muscles be strengthened, tendons be strengthened right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. How does that feel now? I don't know. Is it my faith or yours? Huh? It's still tender. It's my faith. It's still tender. Still tender. Is that good or bad? The hardest part is believing, right? Right? The faith part. The hardest part is receiving. Okay. I'll take that. You're awesome. Daniel, come. If it's still not better after the service, come back and we'll keep praying, okay? Cool. Absolutely. Come on. Thanks. Okay. So do you see how easy that was? And, and it's like, cool, I'm not convinced that it was like fully healed right then. And I'm like meant to be the preacher guy on the stage and it's always meant to work, right? And it didn't work and I did it in front of all of you guys. So now what we're going to do is we're going to do like a little mini activation and a little crash course on how to heal the sick. So if there's someone else here who has sick or pain or disease in your body, just put your hand up. Just put your hand up if you have sickness, pain in your body. Awesome. Just put your hand up. Just... Nice and high. Just leave it up there, right? Nice and high. Okay, if you're around someone that has their arm raised, just put your hand on their shoulder and just say, in the name of Jesus, sickness leave. Pain go right now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Okay, now ask them to test it out. If they can test it, maybe they need to get up. Maybe they need to move their leg or their arm. Maybe they need to do a backflip. Okay, awesome. They're testing it out. Okay, now, if you felt something physically shift in your body, like the pain uh, became less or the pain, if the pain moved or if whatever it was, if you felt something physically shift, just put up your hand right now. Okay, we've got one over there, one over there. Just put your hand up. We've got a couple, yep, some up the back there. Put your hand up, one over there. That's awesome. One over there. Awesome. More over here, up the back there. Praise God. Okay, now if you still have pain or sickness in your body, just put your hand back up again. And we're going to pray again. Jesus prayed for the blind man two times. He, uh, he got healed, and then he was like, ah, oh, people look like trees. And then he prayed again, and it was fully clear. So just put your hand back up. Put your hand on their shoulder. And we don't ask the sickness to leave. Right? You're like, oh, sickness, please leave. No, we command the sickness to leave. Because Jesus has already finished the work on the cross. So in Jesus' name, sickness, go. Pain, leave right now. Body, be restored in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, now just put your hand up. Test it again. And just put your hand up if something shifted. Cool. One down here. Awesome. Come on. Anyone else? More stuff, one over here, praise God. One over there, awesome. How awesome is that? I'm glad we didn't stop it the first time. There's other people who put their hand up. <laughs> Might have not happened for them. You see, that's how simple it is. It's not this complicated thing. It's not this uh, thing that's only reserved for the man of God or the person on the pulpit. This is for all believers. This is something that we can walk in every day. Like, how simple was that? That was simple. I'm, I'm still just shocked at how simple this stuff is. It just gets me. I'm like, oh my goodness. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 to 19, it says this. Jesus says, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Catch this. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Right. He has given you the power and the authority to see heaven come to earth. And when I first read this, like many years ago, I always thought like, oh, the, the gates of hell won't prevail against us. And I thought we were, we were Christians and we like had to stand here with our shields and we had to be in our formation and defending against the hordes of hell and like, oh, you're not going to get us, Satan. I'm busy waiting here. I'm like busy looking. I'm like looking over my shield. I'm like, where is everyone? Where are they? Because when we read it, it says the gates of hell. And what are gates? They are a defensive mechanism. They're a defensive structure. They're not made for offense. It's saying that, that when the Christians, when the church advances, the gates of hell, the obstacles in the church's path will not be able to withstand the power and the authority and the glory that the church is going to walk in to see the, sa the lost saved. That's why he says the gates of hell will not prevail. And then he gives us the authority to bind things on earth and to loose things on earth. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what will you settle for? How much sickness will you settle for? How much cancer will you settle for? How many lost souls will you settle for? Ah, oh, you know, it's okay, they can... Ah, uh, it's fine if they go to hell. Ah, uh, it's fine if they struggle with that sickness. 
oh, it's fine that they're riddled with anxiety or depression. Ah, oh, it's fine. Oh, you know, I, I can't do anything. Ah, oh, no, it's, 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 someone else will do it. Someone else will touch that life. Someone else will tell that person about the gospel. But can I tell you this? That you were made for such a time as this. You were made with intentionality and with purpose because God needs you. God wants you to be part of his army, to be part of his church that moves with him as he moves, to see the gospel preached in all the world. Don't settle for sickness. Don't settle for mental illness. Don't settle for the the things running rampant in our culture. Don't settle for abortion. Don't settle for transgenderism. Don't settle for homosexuality. Don't settle for pedophilia. Don't settle for the things that are creeping into our society and creeping into our churches. As the church, as the church, we have the moral high ground because we have God and He made the morals. And the world doesn't live by His morals. That's why they're the world. And that's why we need to show them the goodness and the kindness of God. And that's why we need to show them that living His way is better than living their way. That's why we need to be bold in the proclamation of the gospel that people are lost and without a Savior, they will spend eternity in hell. But Jesus came so they didn't have to and that there is a way out and that they could be healed and restored and freed and know the fullness of God. This is what we're called to live in. If the band can come back up, that would be awesome. This is what He's calling you to walk in, to walk in His power, to walk in His authority, to walk in His boldness. We're not called to be a timid church. We're called to be a church that is as bold as lions because it says that the righteous are as bold as lions. We're called to be a church that is, we're called to be a church that actually makes a sound in the city. We're not called to be a passive church. We're not called to be a people that are just kind of going in the motions. And, you know, you've got, like, you've got your Muslims and you've got your Buddhists and you've got your Christians and then you've got your Hindus and then you've got your atheists. And, and they kind of will say, like, all together, but people should be extremely offended at how much ground we're taking. And the devil should be upset at how much ground we're taking. He should be upset when Muslims are being converted into Christianity. We were preaching at a revival meeting in South Africa and my friend was doing the tithes and offerings message and he didn't mean to say this, but it just came out. He said, if you're a Muslim, your father is the devil. And then at the end of the service, an entire Muslim family gave their lives to Jesus. Because what the world doesn't need is relevancy. The world needs Jesus. And Jesus is offensive because light is offensive to the dark. But when it sees the light, it will be compelled to come draw near to it. Those who are lost and broken broken and want Jesus will draw near. Those who are lost and broken, they don't need a good message on a Sunday. They don't need us to be relevant. They don't need us to say nice words. They don't need us to beat around the bush. They need us to tell them that the only way that they can have peace and joy and satisfaction in this life and healing and freedom is through the blood of Jesus through the power and the resurrection of Jesus. If we can all be upstanding, we're going to get the ministry ministry team to come forward.
You see, we're called for such a time as this. And maybe you're here in this place and you're still just like, this is quite full on. You're welcome. If you're here in this place and you want this boldness and you want this audacity and you want the courage and you want to walk in the power and the authority of God and you want to see the sick healed, who wants to see the sick healed? Imagine if Coeur d'Alene, they had to close all the hospitals. I'm sorry if you're a doctor in this place and you lose your job, I'm sorry. We, we can find you another one. Imagine if the psychiatric wards were closed down in Coeur d'Alene. Imagine if the prisons were emptied. Imagine if the police force was disbanded. I'm sorry, all these jobs are being lost. I promise we'll find you new ones. If he, can, if he takes away your job, he can give you another one, I promise. He is faithful to provide. The day I'm struggling with finances is favor of God on you right now. But if you want this audacity, if you want this boldness, if you want to walk in the power and the authority of God, if you're sick and tired of just sitting on the sidelines, because we can't be spectators in the agenda of heaven any longer. We're called to be active participants in the agenda of heaven. We're called to be people who are on the field playing ball in the agenda of heaven, releasing heaven into this earth, ushering in the kingdom of our Lord and our God into this earth. So if you want to walk in the power of God and you want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, maybe you've been baptized and you're just feeling snubbed out or you're feeling down and out and you need a refreshment and you just need another fill up of the Holy Ghost. If you want to walk in power and authority, I want you to come forward right now and the team is going to pray for you and the power of God is going to touch your life. If you want boldness and you want to walk in the power and the authority of God, come forward right now. Come forward right now. The team's going to begin to pray for you. If you're sick and tired of just being a spectator in your Christianity and you want to be a participant, come forward. Come forward. Come. Come. If you want to see signs and miracles, come forward. If you want to see sick healed, come forward. If you want to see demons cast out, come forward. If you want to see the power of God displayed in your life, come forward. Come on, we're going to begin to worship. If you're still in your seats, let's begin to worship.